Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of Bars to the Bar. This is your host, Hannah. And I know I've been slacking um, pretty much lately, and I'll get into kind of why, but I do want to get back on the podcast stream and get into regularly updating um, everyone again. So a lot to get into on this episode. Um, I first just want to start off on a little bit of a pretty sad note. Um, This girl that I know in Greensboro unfortunately passed away um, in a car accident. I just found out today. Um, And when I was taking a shower this morning, I was just trying to kind of take a deep breath um, and kind of regroup and get myself ready for the day. Um, And I just had an overwhelming sense of gratitude and gratefulness Um, for just everything that's happened this year and all the people in my life. Um, And if you follow basketball on Twitter and you follow John Rothstein, he often posts um, every day is a gift, art lovely. And that always resonated with me, whether he meant it seriously, whether he meant it in a basketball way. Um, But I just want to start off by really like emphasizing that every day is a gift. um, And it's so important to live every day. Um, like it's your last and you never know um, when it's your time. And it's so important um, to not hold grudges um, and to forgive people and to just treat others with respect. Um, and if like, let bygones be, let bygones be bygones. Um, and I was thinking a lot about my mom um, this morning and how she really, really, really just celebrates everything in life, um, whether it's small occasions, whether it's holidays, whether it's made up, um, fake holidays, like she really takes advantage of every single day um, and is someone, both my parents and my mom, especially um, who lives life to the fullest and loves to entertain and loves to host and loves to bring people together. Um, and that's something that I hope I'm able to continue to do in my adult life um, and continue to just model her, celebrate everything and every day um, is a gift. So just starting off there, um, yeah, and we'll kind of get into it. So law school update, I am in week seven of my residency. I'm doing my residency at the High Point University Athletic Compliance Office. Um, and since I'm a few weeks into it now, I can confidently talk about the experience. Um, it's been extremely positive. I'm learning so, so, so much. Um, And like I've said previously, it really is such an incredible time to be involved in NCAA Division I compliance. For those of you who aren't following the NCAA news um, as closely, I got to sit in um, last week or a couple weeks ago now um, on the NCAA Transformation Committee meetings. And basically, the NCAA Transformation Committee is tasked um, to turn the NCAA completely upside down. And I just would like to mention to another note, um, just a quick reminder um, for all athletes and just everyone in general, um, if you're suffering, um, please know that there's people to talk to, there's resources, um, thinking of a lot of recent um, suicide um, that's happened with NCAA athletes and just the stress and amount of pressure they're on. Um, and the NCAA being being kind of the sole factor um, to blame and not having enough mental health resources for student athletes. And what a lot of people don't understand, um, and certainly I try to understand, but I really don't have 
um, a firsthand experience with just how much student athletes have to juggle their time. Um, not only do they have to go to class, not only do they have to go to practice, but they have to be at team meals. They have to have team meetings. They're doing individual workouts. They're doing promotional things. Um, and then on top of all of that, they're trying to maintain social life and a social life and connect with their family, um, get adequate amount of sleep. Like they're under so much pressure and that only magnifies during the season when you're traveling, um, and just doing all these things and you want to perform. And if you're not performing well, all the stress and anxiety that comes with not getting playing time. Um, so I've always had an enormous amount of respect, um, for all the student athletes that I've encountered, um, and everything that they, that they go through, um, and I think there needs to be a completely different shift um, from the NCAA with mental health initiatives and kind of changing the conversation and having these check-ins um, and having your coach, like Coach Cooley, being someone that not is only your coach, but also someone you can talk to if you're having a really bad day or really bad week or really bad month. Um, so just with that, with saying all that, it's been a really cool opportunity to hear what's going on firsthand from the source, from the two chairs of the NCAA Transformation Committee, and then in particular seeing how High Point, which is in the Big South, how the Big South um, athletics compliance officers, how they feel about the situation. Uh, I've also been able to kind of see different investigations internally within High Point, um, kind of see how the school's AD and my boss who is the deputy athletic director and the compliance officer, how situations are, are dealt with. Um, and just, I just have such an enormous amount of respect for what goes into everything um, behind the business of athletics and everything that I um, had no idea that all of the administrative work um, that goes into athletic compliance. So I'm really grateful for this experience. I really, really love my supervisor. I'm learning so much. Um, and I'm really, it's been a really positive experience so far. I've been remote all this week because my boss and I have both been under the weather. Um, but overall, really positive experience. I'm really getting a lot out of it. Um, I'm taking one class this term. Um, actually got canceled this week. So I'm just having a pretty lax week overall. Um, but that's criminal procedure. We had our first quiz. We have another one coming up in two weeks. Um, and then that final. So it's definitely really different just being on residency and then having one class as opposed to taking like a full course load. Um, and on that note, I registered for my 3L fall term this week, um, which is pretty crazy to think about and just kind of reflecting on the past two years, um, how quickly the time has gone. And I truly believe um, that I have so much more perspective now on just law school in general. Um, and I feel like I've really grown up um, I think obviously there's a lot more growing up to do, and I don't think I'm going to become a totally different person in the next seven months, but I do think that this is kind of the time um, to kind of just like throw up and kind of make like big decisions where I want to take the bar, where I want to live, like what kind of job do I want? Um, and like I've talked about previously, like growing up is something that terrifies me um, and I've kind of fought it for a really long time. And I'm kind of done fighting it. I'm more um, accepting it and growing up is inevitable. Um, change is inevitable. And I'm just slowly becoming more okay um, with, 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 with life. Um, I just turned 24 and I am just really, really happy 
with everything that I've been able to accomplish um, this past year. There's been so many high highs and so many low lows. Um, I unfortunately lost two uncles um, in a very quick time span. Um, and I was able to go home for both of them. Um, and just family is the one of the most important things in the world to me, if not the most important thing. So being able to go home and be with my family after not being able to go home um, as much as I would have liked to last year because of the COVID restrictions, I'm really fortunate to be able to spend time with my family. Um, most of my family lives, if not all my family lives in New Jersey. Um, so I feel really fortunate to have such close relationships with my aunts, with my uncles, with my cousins, um, and to be with each other as cliche as it sounds in good times and bad, um, and to be able to be there together when you're processing these horrible emotions, um, and then also to be able to be together to celebrate. Um, and that's really what, that's what family is all about. Um, quick jump back to law school. I passed the MPRE exam. Um, and if you're taking the MPRE in August, I would just say um, that I completely underestimated how, I wouldn't say hard is a good word because I didn't think the exam itself was hard, but I definitely left there being like, that was harder than I thought. Um, so I would, what I did to prepare was I took the Barbary um, course and I'll be completely honest, I didn't start studying um, until the weekend before. Um, and like, I really didn't start studying until like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, took it on a Wednesday. Um, so I wish I would have given myself probably like a week or two, maybe even uh, three weeks might be too much, but I would give yourself two weeks, um, do one module a day. And then just do, once you do all the modules, just do a bunch of practice tests. I think that's the best way. Um, I'm usually not someone who waits to the very, very, very last minute. I'm more just like last minute kind of person, but I definitely waited to the last possible minute um, to study for this exam. And a lot of factors um, played into that. I went home um, in the middle of finals to be at the funeral of my family. Um, and that was something that was kind of non-negotiable. I called Elon and was able to move my final um, and I definitely did not do as well as I wanted to on that final, but I don't regret my decision. Um, for me, obviously I'm in law school, like school is a priority, but I understand. And I've understood like all along, like law school is not my life and it's not everything. Um, and if there's a situation where I feel like I need to be home as opposed to studying for finals, when I'm not going to be able to fully study, if I'm not with my family and not at the services, um, so definitely didn't do as well as I wanted to on that exam. I'm not blaming my decision at all. Like that was a decision I made. And I, if I would have had the opportunity to make that decision again, I would. Um, but I went home in the middle of finals, obviously attended the services, um, tried to kind of just um, do my best to study when I was home. And then when I got back, um, like study the best that I could. But you know what? Like it is what it is. Um, I don't regret going home at all. I was there. That's just not to be said there, but I took my finals. Um, and then like right after kind of switched gears a little bit, um, started studying for the MPRE that weekend. Um, so just kind of having like back-to-back -back study modes when I wasn't really exactly in the greatest headspace, um, I think took a toll, but all that to say, if you're taking the MPRE this summer, start earlier than you think, spread it out. Um, and then once you go through the modules, um, kind of just take the practice test and you'll get a pretty good sense of the idea. 
Um, and I just want to quickly talk about my decision to take the bar exam um, in New Jersey because I kind of struggle with this decision um, quite a lot. It's been something I've been thinking about like since the beginning of law school. Um, and I've gone back and forth with the idea of do I want to even practice law? Um, and I even go back and forth with do I want to be a transactional attorney or do I want to litigate? Because um, when I came to law school, I was like, I don't want to litigate. I don't want to be in court. Um, but now the idea like kind of sounds more appealing than it ever has. So honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen. Obviously, no idea what kind of job I'm going to have. Um, and I think that I'm finding a little more comfort in knowing that the first job I have is probably not going to be the job that I want and not the job that I think is like my dream job. Um, but knowing that it's a journey. And I think that I had this unrealistic expectation of once I passed the NBA exam, I was going to be getting um, these job offers from like Excel and from um, Wasserman, Wasserman, I think Wasserman, um, from CAA, from Rock Nation. Um, and obviously that's not the case. I was lucky enough to get two different job offers from smaller sports agencies. Um, but I always, not always, but since I passed the exam and since I've become FIBA certified and since I've got a lot of attention and a lot of people reaching out to me for advice, um, it was feeling pretty on, on top. Like I felt like I had my, my stuff together. I felt like I could like tell people, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. Um, and I felt really accomplished and proud of myself. But after that, I'm kind of like, okay, now what? Like I declined both job offers. I don't have a job lined up for next year. I don't even know if any of these agencies even know who the hell I am, or if I sent my application and they've been like, okay, big deal. So definitely following like those couple weeks of where I did the Providence podcast when Elon interviewed me and like people were reaching out and like people who I know were reaching out, people I don't know, people were reaching out for advice. People were just saying like, that's awesome. Um, it was all this like positive energy and I was super proud of myself. And I really struggle with just like, I guess it's imposter syndrome, but uh, like when I, for example, when I took the MPRE, I called my parents and I was like, I definitely failed. Like, there's no way I was like, I'm going to register for August. Um, I guess it's like a self-confidence thing with school, but it's been something I struggle with. Um, so to have like all these people around me and to even pass this exam, like when I really didn't believe I was going to pass the exam, um, to have all that positive energy and people being like, wow, like we're so proud of you. We don't even know you. And then to kind of like go back to like, okay, like now what? Like I'm the kind of person who I constantly like need something to look forward to. I need something, I need a goal to achieve. I need a race to run. I need a test to pass. Um, and that's just who I am. So like my next major big test that I have to take is the bar exam. And I try not to think about the bar exam too much because it's always in my head be like, it's so far out, but it's really not. I mean, it's 10 months from now at this point. Um, so it's really something that terrifies me a little bit, especially with Elon's um, scores being so low this year. I mean, everyone's scores were lower because of um, because of the pandemic and online learning, but that it's something that terrifies me. Like not, obviously I know it's not the end of the world, not passing the bar exam on the first, on the first try. Um, but it's something that I want to do. And it's something that I feel like I need to do if I'm on the fence about even practicing. Um, but quick plug for Themis, obviously this podcast is not sponsored by Themis, but I switched to Themis. 
Um, and slowly but surely, I'll be graduating in December and taking the bar exam in February. Um, and I do want to document on this podcast as much as I can, just studying for the bar and kind of the emotions um, that go through that. And obviously, we'll, we'll come to that um, when it goes. But just looking ahead and like knowing that that's the next major milestone. Um, but like I was saying before about like having these like high highs and these low lows, right now, like I'm kind of, I'm working full-time um, at my residency. I'm a full-time student, but I just feel like there's so much more I could be doing right now. And I think a lot of that comes from just like going on LinkedIn or like going on, like just getting tagged in things and seeing things on Instagram. And I don't know if other people feel this way, but for me, I'm like, there's so much more I can be doing right now. And like, I feel like I'm not doing enough and I need to be doing something else. And I constantly need to be like spreading myself in so many different directions to get my name out there and to do this and do that. And like to get a job, but I just need to trust the process that everything is going to work out. And like, I'll be where I need to be. I'll be working in a company where like, I, I love it. Um, or if I don't like it, I'll leave and go somewhere else. Um, but I think I just need to kind of tr- like work on just trusting the overall process and not like stressing myself out that I'm not doing enough. Um, and just really like trust that everything that I've like worked for um, is going to eventually work out and it's not going to be like an overnight thing. It's probably going to take a really long time to kind of put all the pieces together. Um, but I do like believe that it's going to work out. I think that I have too much like in me for it to not work out. Um, and who knows like how long that takes, like five years, 10 years, I don't know, 15 years. Like, I think I'm just so focused and so motivated on like the end goal. And I think that a lot of people are like, how did you do it? Like, how did you make it this far? And I'm like, it's not that I'm this crazy smart person or this crazy focused person. Like I just have like goals that I can't imagine not achieving. Um, that's like what gets, but that's what gets me through. So like just looking ahead to the finish line, like graduating, taking the bar, um, getting a job, like all really, really good things, um, to, to look forward to. Um, I want to talk about next what's happening um, with the Brittany Griner situation in Russia. So Brittany Griner is still in Russia. And I'm really confused as to, first of all, why the national media has just forgotten that she's over there. Secondly, I totally agree that her agent has came out and said um, that, yes, my client is still in Russia. But the conversation needs to shift to um, WNBA stars not being adequately paid, which obviously means that like most of the WNBA stars have to play overseas. And I completely, completely agree with that. They are not getting paid anywhere near as not near enough as what they should be getting paid. And they shouldn't have to go overseas to play basketball in the offseason. But while that's all well and good and just completely right. That is not the main focus of what the situation is right now. If I were her agent, I would be organizing protests and doing and writing letters and doing everything that I can to get my client home. And who knows if she's doing this and just not publicly um, disclosing this. And who knows? Obviously, what do I know? Who knows what the government's doing? 
But I guess my big issue is it's just not even in the media, like no one's talking about it. It's not, it's like, it's not a thing she's forgotten right now. And we can't forget that she's over there. God only knows how she's being treated or what her current situation is based off these third-hand accounts. Like we have no idea um, what, what her situation is, how she's being treated. Um, you have to remember, she is a gay woman, a black woman in Russia. Um, so I just want to kind of bring attention um, to that. Like the media certainly seems to have forgotten that she's there. Um, and I know at first they were like telling people, like the people around her and the WNBA players to like not make it a big deal. Cause like then the Russian government will kind of escalate the situation. Um, that'll give them more ammo. But then I recently read something that now they've like changed the priority of how they're going to get her back. And now they want people to be talking about it. Um, and I obviously don't understand like the logistics behind that. It's kind of too high level, I guess, for me to kind of understand. I don't know if anyone understands, but you know what? I just think that there needs to be more, um, there needs to be more attention. Like, I think we're just failing her right now. Um, and I, I can't help think, I know I've said this a million times, I can't imagine what the outcry would be if this was a professional male athlete that was beloved. Um, and I'll stand by that. Like, I just can't imagine that um, her male counterpart would still be in Russia. Um, and that's unfortunately what I think um, is the biggest factor in this situation. But what do I know? That's just my two cents about um, the Griner situation. But I wanted to record this episode and kind of just talk about um, everything that's been going on kind of with school, with my residency. Um, Jill and I ran another half marathon um, April 30th. My parent, my mom was here. My aunts were here. That was super fun. Um, and then I went, I went to Nashville last weekend for my birthday with my law school friends um, and my college friends. And every time I get to like see um, my friends, I'm constantly reminded um, just how fortunate I am to like have so many incredible people in my life. Um, and I got to FaceTime with a friend yesterday um, and just kind of check in and just like, it really stresses me out <laughs> maintaining adult friendships. Um, I'm the kind of person who loves to have like different kind of friend groups, different friendships um, and kind of maintaining all those definitely stresses me out sometimes. Uh, but like when I was talking to my friend last night, I was basically saying how like at the stage that I am in my life and like with everything going on, like I feel like sometimes I fail my friendships and I feel like I'm not as available as I want to be. Um, I think moving forward, I'm just like going to try to be more intentional um, with reaching out to my friends and kind of like making sure that I am a part of their lives um, and just kind of, I feel like making the transition obviously back home is going to be a lot easier I'm going to see my friends a lot more just just being in the same city and like being a couple blocks away um, but I think it's even more important when I'm not there so obviously a lot to think about there um, but thank you for listening to episode 42 and I hope that everyone has um, a great day and every day is a gift and thanks for listening to Bar to the Bar